you don't need to force things in big wave surfing. Big wave surfing is like a marathon. It's not a race. You know, the, the more older you get, the more experience. And experience is priceless. And, you know, I learned every session something. And now I go there thinking I don't know shit. When I was 20, I, I went there knowing, telling I know everything. Now it all changed. And I think it's just maturity is natural for the human being, especially men. Hi, and welcome or welcome back to the Mindset and Performance Podcast. I'm Dries, a Mindset and Performance Coach. I help athletes and young professionals with their career development. We work on a wide range of areas, from training to nutrition, but focus essentially on the mindset as it is the key to everything else. The whole idea behind this podcast is to deconstruct the habits that led people to their success, to learn from their experience and understand the psychology behind their actions and behavior, and of course, to know what kind of mindsets they have. This week's podcast interview is with Othman Shoufani, a Moroccan big wave surfer. Othman is only 26 years old, but has already a lot of great experience surfing and traveling all around the world. During this interview, Othman shares with us the story of his relationship with surfing. His journey started at a very young age in the city of Agadir, which is considered the capital of surfing in North Africa. Othman's teenage years were full of adventure around the small town of Tarazout where he grew up looking up and learning from his peers. Otman started surfing at the age of 9 years old in Morocco, then moved to France when he was 15 to train with Philippe Malvaux and Michel Plateau at the Pole France Surf. He quit competition contests uh, when he was 18 years old and started traveling the world looking for big waves. He now spends most of his time between Morocco, Europe, Mexico, Indonesia, California and Hawaii. The Charger has been challenging big waves since a very young age. He is actually considered the pioneer in this category of surfing. Ottoman is the first Moroccan surfer that started exploring the massive swells both in Morocco and all around the world. In this conversation, you can learn that talent doesn't mean much if you don't put the necessary work to get better. Ottoman also tells us about his training drills and how he combines physical and mental preparation to deal with pressure and challenging situations. Hotman earned his nickname because of his warm, loving and bubbly personality. He is a very passionate person and you can clearly hear that from the sound of this discussion. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Hotman and feel free to share your comments and questions. We are already recording, by the way. This is awesome. (coughs) Finally meeting up. You are a hard fish to catch. (laughs) <laughs> just play it hard. You just that. did it in purpose. <laughs> no, I'd rather do it in real life because I don't know the emotions and the stuff. Like on the phone, sometimes you just get disturbed, you know, and I like to, I want it to be really real and, and honest, you know. So, yeah, that's where I'm, I'm looking really forward to. on it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I wanted to catch up with you here to talk about everything, <laughs> yeah. everything, because you know we meet one time, one time a year, I think. Yeah. Since since some time now, but there was a whole period where I completely missed what was happening. Mm. So we met when um, I think ten years ago, 
when you were around 12, 13. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was 12 years old. 12 years old. 12 13, so what yeah, was yeah. that, like 2006, 2005? Yeah, I'm 26 even? now, so yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah, and then there was a big gap there, something that I missed. Mm. And um, I'd like to talk about that, to talk about your parkour, what brought you to where you are at today, because I think a lot of people would learn from it. As you know, I work with young athletes, and sometimes there's a little link missing, and I'm hoping that you're going to connect the dots between making it happen and trying to make it happen. Definitely. So I'm sure yeah, there will be a lot of insight there. So when I, when I first met you, I was, uh, I was in school in Morocco, so I was just yeah. surfing uh, on Wednesdays and on weekends, yeah. and it's just what makes me the happiest, you know, surfing. So, what I've been like loving the most you know I did I did theater like acting when I was a kid I did soccer but then when I started surfing I couldn't stop mm. and I was like doing my homework every time like very good after a good session but if I didn't surf for a bit mm. I was like very I needed it I really needed my my, my surf fix you know so as an you were competing also I back would, then right yeah I was competing in like normal contest mm. and uh, I just I never really enjoyed it, but I was I was good enough to compete, and I was just having fun with my friend. You know, that's how I saw it. But mm. I, I always wanted to do good. You know, nobody wanted to do bad. Mm. But when I lost, I was just happy to go back out and surf. Mm. So I really I realized at a young age that that's what makes me happy, and I wanted to be happy. Mm. But then, at 15 years old, I had to go to high school, and high school in Morocco is like the French high school, is like eight to six from Monday to Friday. And super I was like, packed, yeah, busy. Packed, yeah. busy, no, no time for sport, like super like shitty stuff, you know? Mm. No sport, no, no time for myself. And I was like, I, this is gonna make me very, like I'm gonna regret it all my life. So I started to message the, the, the French <coughs> team and the French Federation to ask them if it was possible to go to boarding school in France and be trained by the French Federation. And I just did it myself without telling my parents, without telling my friend. I, oh, they I, didn't know? They didn't know unless he was sure. Yeah. And I had a meeting with them. So I came at 14 years old, actually, yeah. to my parents. I was like, I need to talk with you. And they're like, okay. And I, I was like, okay, I'm, I want to go to France, to boarding school. My dad was like, no, because my dad went to boarding school. And he's like, I don't want my son to leave this. Like, in Europe, it's cold. I don't want you to, be, to leave the same thing. I was like, yeah, but this is my choice. My dad went to boarding school. It wasn't his choice. So then my mom really worked hard to... to let him uh, let, let me go, but it was they always respected my, my choice, you know. But I didn't know that they had like this this kind of little fight between like should I stay or should I go, you know? Uh, they they argued between no, the two of them. They didn't really argue, but uh. like my dad was just like he was just scared, and my mom was like let let worst case scenario go to for the meeting, check the school, check with the French team, and then you you'll see it yourself. So me and my dad took the car and then we drove to France with all my boards. All the way from Morocco? Yeah, because I had a world championship in Portugal. So we went to France to meet the French team. And then I had a meeting with the, with the, uh, with the school people, like all the, 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 the directors, some teachers, and uh, they saw me and I, I talked with them. It was a big round table and my dad just mm. was like impressed the way I talk. Like, I knew how to talk when I wanted something, mm. you know? Mm. So, <laughs> and then my, I was good at school too. So they were like, okay, no worries if there's like, there's 16 spot. If we feel 16, it's not possible. But if we feel 15, you'll take the, the last spot. They feel like they took 13 kids, so I was all right. Then uh, they, we just went to the French embassy back home to ask for my visa. It was weird. They never seen that, you know, mm -hmm. student visa for a minor, like uh, under age, like under 18. And um, 
and everything worked out and I knew it. And then I went to France and uh, I just started this new life, you know, start training with the best French surfer. You knew what to expect? Like, have you been to France before? Yeah, I was going to France every summer. I knew everybody already. Oh, so you I knew, had my sponsor uh, there. Uh, so I kind of like, I knew what I was uh, Second getting. home, kind of. Yeah. I knew right. I was going to, 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 to leave. I knew winter were hard, but yeah. you know, I surfed every day. And I was going to school and I had a normal education. And that was my parents' goal, like to, 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 for me to finish at least high school. And I always tell them, yeah, I want to finish high school. And I was always like, yeah, yeah, but you know, pro surfing, I'm not sure about that. I just want to surf, you know, and so I can do good at school. But in my head, fuck, I just wanted to be a pro surfer since the beginning. But I never told them it was my own goal. I never told anyone, mm -hmm. you know, I just worked hard to make it happen and didn't tell anyone unless like, you know, it, it really happened and then, and then My goal was always just to, to be able to surf for the rest of my life. So if you want to surf for the rest of your life and surf the best way, you have to be a pro surfer, obviously. Or move to Bali. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, who, who was uh, inspiring you back then? Did you have an inspiration? Or like who, who was in the back of your head when you were uh, envisioning your future as a pro surfer and, every, and everything? Uh, just the, 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 the were you kid looking up my, to someone? Yeah, just the kid my age, that yeah. were the, just the best kid of my age that doing, were doing trees, uh. were going to Oz, were going to training camp. I was just like, yeah, like this is what I want to do. They inspire me, so I was mm. just, just doing it myself. And I, I realized that I was doing vis visualization since I'm 14 or something like that. I always see Without myself. Without knowing exactly what yeah, the term, I, right? Yeah, yeah, I didn't know what, what it was, but every night I was imagining myself with a, with a team and like, being on a surf trip with like being young pro surfer, you know? And then I was imagining myself very deep, like with a brand like Ripcurl, and then I got sponsored by Ripcurl. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, so this is, it works. So I started to imagine myself doing this and this, and mm -hmm. it worked and, and, uh, and. Cool, would you mind if we go a little bit backward to the first chapters, mm -hmm. like even before, or maybe in the beginning of, of, of um, uh, the surfing uh, journey? When did you start, actually? How old were you when you started? Uh, so I, start, I started, like, I, start, I, knew, I learned how to swim when I was, like, two years old, I think. Two years old? Yeah. <laughs> like, so I was swimming by myself at two yeah. years old. At two and a half years old, three, I was stealing my mom's bodyboard at the beach. Huh. And at four, I was standing up on my mom's bodyboard. Every time we go to the awesome. beach, there was nothing else to do in Agadir. Papa you know, and Mama was surfing, or they were used to surf. Used to surf. I used to surf a bit, but he was always hanging at the beach, like with his friends. And my mom used to bodyboard, and she was always friends with surfers. So, would you say it's normal that if you grow up by the beach, you turn to be a surfer? Um, it should be normal, but mm. it's not. Not always the case, no, right? No, yeah. no, no. I just I was connected to the, the ocean. I feel better in the ocean. Yeah. But then I, from four to nine, I was just surfing, like having fun at the beach. And then at nine, I got my first surfboard, nine or ten. And then I just never quit. You mm. know, never, like, mm. that was my thing. And how did you know uh, that you were quite good at it? And when? Uh, it was very hard because my best friend is one of the best surfers in the world. Mm -hmm. So I was competing with him and I always lost and he was always like a way better than me. But when I go to France, he was doing first, I was doing second. Mm -hmm. So at, at, a, at, a, at a like international scale, I wasn't that bad, but he was like next level. Mm -hmm. So he just took me with him, you know, I was just like, okay, this is the guy to beat. So I just have the best example and one of the best guy to grow up with, Ramsey, to mm -hmm. surf with. So I was just like, all right, like, He's very, very good, but I'm not bad either. And, uh, and now he's one of the best in the world. So obviously, I never really knew I was, I was, I knew that I was, uh, 
I was a little good at everything, you know. Uh-huh. But and so I knew that if I focus on surfing, I'll I'll get better and better and better. Because well, I remember when we uh, did the interview with you back then. Mm. I don't I don't remember if we did actually interview, if we asked you question or we just filmed you. Mm. But I remember that um, you both were standing out completely from all the crowd, all the people that we have filmed uh, or uh, did a documentary about. It was just these two kids, these two young guns, uh, super energetic, super positive, surfing, looking even different than other people. What, make, what made you so different back then? Would, would you remember like... Like... Uh, like... Uh, <laughs> No, we, we we were like a group of like six, seven. Oh yeah. Yeah, seven like mm. blonde kid that used to go like from eight feet in the water every weekend or every afternoon or mm. Wednesday afternoon from like on the weekend from eight to six. We were sunburned. Like teacher <laughs> told our parents like, can you take them home earlier on Sunday because we couldn't open our eyes on Monday at school. We're all sunburned, all blonde kid, and we just it was our crew and we were doing our thing and we didn't care about anyone else you know anyone else like we just surfed and we were like playing soccer with friends but it was just our crew you know like we we just did everything together it was like a group of like six or seven of us mm. but then we had like Lou too Lou was like good at, good at surfing one of our best friends and then uh, Samir Ramsey's brother was very good too and then it was Ramsey and I and then I think that Ramsey and I never really get competitive between us, but the people around us make us competitive or think that we were competitive and trying to to make something that never have existed, you know? And uh, so we were we were mature enough to, 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 to look it like from far, like, you know, have a look at it and be like, yeah, like, you know, we don't care about like the people. Mm-hmm. And then Ramsey gave me so much confidence, like to me, like, I don't know, like, Back in the day, I remember when we were surfing and there was like, this French kid, and I was like, whoa, he rips. He's like, no, he doesn't. Like, we're better. Like, fuck. It's not because he's like, I remember Nathan Curran, like Tom Curran's son, we're a good friend with. He was uh, sponsored by Quicksilver, and then he has this weird style, but I was like, oh, like, he rips. He's like, no, he doesn't. We'll smoke him, you know? And he never got like impressed by anyone. I was like, all right. I was like 12, and then I took this. I was like, oh, this is how, this is smart. This, like, this thinking, yeah, like this way of thinking, right? Yeah, this Ramsey mindset. Was just like, whoever it is, I don't, uh. I don't give one or two shits, you know. He was always like this. So I was like, yeah, you know, like you, you don't get uh, intimidated by other people. No. You just keep on so doing. We just came also with good. the kids from Morocco who came and like, okay, we're here, <laughs> we're loud at the contest. We have our friend. We 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 like doing good, and then nothing can stop us. And we're coming from the same little town, you know, so we have these inside jokes and all those little things. And, we, you know, we grew up in the French, like we went to French school in Morocco, in a Muslim country, which is like different. So we had, we knew how they think in France, you know, and we knew that it was okay to think differently and, and be happy. So we had this thing, you know, this uh, in, like intelligence, emotional intelligence. And so we, we, we really were, we're taking over, seriously. Like, to be honest, when we were a kid, like, we were just like, like the kid from Morocco that comes every summer in France and do contests. And then, then we moved to France and then it was very good for us because the surf industry is bigger there. And we just like, we were kind of, yeah, like you say, unique. In t- we are kind of unique in terms, like, like we could speak like two language already. Mm-hmm. How did the other kids feel about you? 
Oh, we just made them laugh a lot. Because, we, we, yeah, we, just, we are just very funny, I think. Yeah. But it was always, uh, we never had any trouble. We always had friends. We were just like, you know, but at the same time, the people were, were knew that if they did something, we, did, we, we won't miss them in terms of jokes, you know? We were ready to, to like, as I say, we were not like They basically by liked you. They liked you. They were not like, um, they didn't see you as a threat. Mm. Taking over their sponsors no. or their competitions and so No, because like, we're still Moroccan and considered as Moroccan. Uh. And Moroccan is so close to Europe, so the sponsors for us were in Europe. But they always see us as the, the, the two Moroccan, and everybody goes to Morocco in the, in the winter, so they know we have good waves. So we are always like, oh, the kids from there, we have friends coming over every, every holidays. Mm. And it was just very nice. We never, they never see us as a treat. Like, obviously, they saw us like, as a treat in the contest. Mm. For sure, like, for sure, we got some jealousy. For sure, they were like, oh, why is he Moroccan and he's training with a French team? And my son is not, for example, you know? And he's French, yeah, but your son is not uh, good in school and maybe he's not as good uh, in the water, I don't know. Mm. But yeah, I always like be protected by my parents about that, you know? And, uh, and uh, Was there any pressure back then that you can remember? Like any, any sort of pressure that you have to make it or that you have to live up to the standards that you have set for yourself, something like that? So, like, I was definitely, like, when I got there, they were all like, oh, my God, you come from Morocco, you're not going to spend the winter here, you'll see the winter. And it was, like, my first year, I was 15, I was like, all right, you know what? You guys using boots and a four-tree, I'm going to use just boots and a tree-two in the winter to just make you shut your mouth, and I did it. Right. You know, I was just like that. And then, they, of course, there was some pressure, but I was just like, like strong enough in my head to be like, like you know, if you tell me I, I can do something, I'll do it. Mm. And Ramsey was in France too, so we were together. Like as soon as I called, he was in normal school. I was in boarding school with the French team to train, but I just text him every day where we were going surfing. So he was coming to surf with me, and the guy were like, they were like, stop texting him because he was way better than anyone. But he he never wanted to surf for France, and they asked him if you want to come to the boarding school, you gotta surf for France. And Ramsey was like, I will never. I'd rather stop school, and that's what he did. So it was very different because me, they never see me as one of the best in the world com competing. So it was just like, okay, like he, he probably will do something in surfing, but not as, as, uh, as big as Ramsey. And then Ramsey was like very good, and he was like, you know, like to be honest, he was like, fuck them all. He always told me, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, seriously, I, he always shit on everyone's head. Like, I don't care, I'm doing my thing. And he knew he was good. And he's still, he's the best of all of them that was with me in boarding school, you know? But we always had, it was different for him, but for me, I've always been like down low, like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, I just want to have my, my diploma and surf every day, but in the back of my head, like, oh, I just want to improve as much as I can and, you know, be the best of, of them all. You're more like the, the quiet planner, the quiet strategic planner, yeah. planning everything in the back and... Yeah, just for me. Keeping it quiet, but in the same time, working your thing from, uh, from yeah, in the, in the back. Yeah, just step by step, wanted yeah, to yeah. do good, but I didn't want to... I, I knew I had to work harder than anyone, because I feel like I had this little talent, but not as talented as as uh, some of the kids I was with. But at the same time, I, I knew that I was, uh, I was good in good wave, I was good in big wave, and then I had like a good feeling with the ocean as well. And I always seen myself, you know, as a bad surfer, I always see myself as a bad surfer, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. I was when I was a kid. Yeah, I couldn't even see myself on camera. I was like, oh, that's so ugly, and people were laughing. I was giving myself shit on, in, when we were watching the footage every day. I was like, oh my god, that's so ugly. All that turn, like I was always like, never liked my surfing until like 20 years old. I hate to see myself surfing. And so when did the shift happen? You said 20 years old. What happened at 20 years old? Uh, at 19 years old, actually. At 19 years old, I almost quit surfing. I was like, oh, I'm over it. I was in Bordeaux. Huh. Were you bored or why were you over it? I was, I was like, just, I discovered like the, 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 the girls and the parties and I was in college in, in Bordeaux. So I was like, whoa, now I'm in college. I, I won't surf anymore. When you do college, you're done for your career. And then I wanted to be a physio. And then I realized I didn't want to be touched by people. And I didn't want to touch random people. So I quit. And I went back to Morocco, and I, I didn't surf for like a month. And then I went to surf again with Romain Lore and, and Pevé Laborde and Michael Darigat as a filmer. That was the first trip of Michael Darigat, who now works with me a lot. <laughs> and I just surfed again. I was surfing better than when I stopped, you know, after a six-month break. And I was like, oh, my God, there's something. And then as I, I wasn't going to college, I went to France. And I, I spent a month in France to surf because the were very good. And... Uh, And, Something uh, happened back then. Yeah. And then I went to Desert Point in April 2012 for a swell. And I scored a swell. And boom, it, it clicked. I was like, okay, whoa, there's something to do. You know, we can go chase swell and do good. And I came back from there. And we went to Galicia with, uh, with Jerome Sion and Ashimunyan. They took me there for a big wave session. And I got pounded three times. And I was like, whoa. Okay, it was very big, and I can handle that, and I love that. I love the pounding, I love the big wave. Whoa, and then next thing you know, I came back here for the summer, and I just scored and did an edit by myself. I was, I was back with Ripple right away. As soon as I could do these two trips, Ripple took me back because I lost my sponsor at 19. And then... Okay, so at 19, you were having some questions back at in 18, mind. At 18, I lost 18, my sponsor. You lost your sponsor, and then you decided to stop. You took some time off. And then when you came back, you came back stronger because you saw that there was opportunities in, and fun in other things. Did you know what you were pursuing back then? No, no not really. No. It just came like step by step. I just like chase some slab, surf, like do some edit. I came, I, I went back to Ripco and I was like, yeah, I want to go to Indo. And instead of doing the Pro Junior, because the Pro Junior back then I was, it was under 20. I wanted to go to Indo and score and make an edit. So they're like, okay, we have a house in Uloa to serve Villa. You can go and stay there. And I went there and I, I just surf every day, get some footage, make an edit. And from this edit, it got shared. And then from there, I came back here in October for another swell, but I was in college in France, in a marketing college. Like I was studying marketing. So from there, I went to see the director. I was like, okay, listen, I'm, I'm half pro surfer, and then I need to surf too because they pay me some trip. And they're like, okay, if that's kind of your job, you can do that, but you have to be good at school. I was like, yeah, if you let me go on some trip, I'll be very good at school because, you know, you do what you love, so you come back and you see how lucky you are when all your friends are sitting on, you know, sitting there and you just came from Tahiti or, or like uh, indoor or whatever. So then I went on this Java trip and I got all the footage again, like I got some, and I did the edit again. And it went just to 15,000 15, view, but at the time it was pretty good for a young Euro, Euro, like North African surfer. And then January, 2013, I went to Nazare. And oh, I was that's 19. That was the first time Nazare. Yeah, I remember one. I think I, I was 19 one. by then. Was, how, yeah. how was it, by the way, to watch your footage this time? 
you when you did the editing because you said in the beginning when you looked at yourself you yeah. had a very critical yeah. uh, point about yourself but how was it when you were looking at it after that six month break yeah as my surf was way better so your surf changed or your vision that changed about yourself no, my surfing your surfing my changed. i stopped surfing mm. did you train differently what, no. what what happened nothing i just stopped i just stopped for six months mm. and i went back out and i was just like it was just i was surfing with no pressure anymore I didn't want to be the best. I almost quit surfing, so it was just like, okay, let's just let's see, you know. Like it wasn't like I don't know how, how how. I think I think you're saying something very interesting there. Like the moment you dropped the pressure from trying to become something, yeah. Then everything started changing, also Change, yeah. flowing. Yeah, I got it. Okay, so Nazare. And then Nazare, yeah. I went. I, I remember. I was again like I was at home having dinner with some friend and and Jerome because I start I traveled with Jerome for a few years before taking my own path. And uh, his his partner was calling him and he's like, "Wow, I need you in Nazare." And Jerome was like, "I don't want to go." And then I was like, "I don't want to go to Nazare. Like, you know, fuck that place." And then he's like, "No, I need you. Everybody's bailing on me. I need you, and I need Altman to come drive the the, the second ski." Because back in the day, Nazare, you had to go to, out with two skis. And then he's like, okay, well, I'm going. And then he's like, you're coming. I was like, what? I was like, okay, I'm coming. And then we went from my house straight to the airport. And then my mom was like, where are you going? And I'm like, mom, I'm going to Nazare. This is the end of my life of, or the beginning of my career. And I left home. I <laughs> did, did she know what it was? No, but then <laughs> I served for two days. We came back and it just went boom, you know, like all the media, all the stuff and like boom. And my mom, it was, so the swell was like probably Monday, Tuesday. We came back on Wednesday and the video got out on Sunday and I was surfing at Anchor Point and I came home and my mom was just crying and, and she just saw the video and she was like, what? Because it was like, nobody surfed Nazare back in the day, like you said. Like it was the session when Garrett got the, the New York Times uh, cover. It was just us. We were like... You know, a few people. And you were the first Moroccans doing that. I was the first Moroccan. I was the youngest to serve there. I didn't realize like how, how important in terms of marketing it could be. I, I could have done a way, yeah. you know. But hold but, on, but, you're missing a lot of things. We're missing a lot of things there. Did you have any training? Did you have any preparation yeah, to was do it, that good there? Yeah, I was a surfer, you know. and I, I, I've been like surfing bigger waves than anyone on my age since I'm 12. I was mm. the one who goes big in everything. So and your I training was, was only about that, like just surfing? Or was yeah, there it was just surfing, else? you know, when you, you, you know, like, it, it was just about surfing. But I remember that I was, I never panicked, never ever. Cause like when I was younger, I, my dad is claustrophobe, you know, Oops. my dad is claustrophobe, so. I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he didn't want me to be like him, you know, as a parent, I think you, you always want the best for your kid and you don't want them to do the same mistake or have the same issues. So I used to play with him like soccer before, to, before bed with this like foamy ball and then we jumped on bed and he used to put a pill on my head, you know, but for not, not very like gently. But I was just like, oh, no, no. And my mom was like, stop it. He's like, no, no, no. And then he's like, stay calm, stay calm. And I don't know, like after a few days, like I stayed calm. I was like, whoa, you can save so much energy. I was like, just, just squish me, you know, like <laughs> Training no started early. <laughs> and then, so I had this in my head at a young age that I was told, like when you, pan when you don't panic, you, you handle things away, you know, more. But yeah, I went to Nazare and then the first big day I didn't surf. It was too big. Uh, we lost the tow board. Gareth McNamara was like, I'm not towing you. I'm going to keep you safe for your mom. You're too young. And I was like, okay, like, you know, I was really pissed, and then the next day I thought it was still huge. 
and I got two or three waves, and I was like going almost deeper than Jerome and Ashi. Seriously, like on the footage and the cameraman was like, hey, the kid is deeper than you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like super proud, you know, but that's what I wanted because I saw footage the night before. I was like, oh, those guys are on the shoulder, Kinda, you know, like I don't want to, like I already wanted to always do something more, something special. Okay, this is not because it's my first Nazareth. I want to show that I'm, I'm. Uh, Then there you go. The competitive mindset came yeah, back. Came back. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I want to be the best at this because I know I had it in me and I know there's something to do with it. And this is where I'm gonna, you know, like uh, enjoy myself. And at the same time, uh, I don't know, you know, like just be happy, but be good at it and make me, you know, like maybe feel my ego. I don't know. Like I have no idea, like, but I just had this feeling that it was something I really love and I was good at. I had a feeling and I just pursued and then I went to Chopo, I got some bombs, towing in, luckily. And I came back to Indo and I did some food, some, some video and it's just like boom, boom, boom. And I always wanted more and more and more and more. And I was like, you know, trying to find new sponsors and different things to do and watching what people do through internet and like reading all the stuff by Big Wave. And then I did one trip in Morocco with Mark Healy Greg Long, Jan Walsh, and Alex Gray that changed my life and my vision of surfing. I was with the best, and I was, and they were like, "Okay, like this kid is something. This kid is something." What have changed then? Tell me about that vision. How did it became? If you can develop a little bit about how how that trip changed your life or your vision about surfing. I was with the best big wave surfer mm. in the world, and I was just like, "What did you pick from them?" Everything they say. I was asking them question. And I remember sitting with Mark Hill in the car, watching this lab and asking him questions. He took time to give me advices. So everything that Hilly told me on that trip stuck, was stuck in my mind still till now. And then I saw Greg Long preparation, checking his leash, his fins, his board, the ski. I was like, okay. I took this from Greg Long. And then I saw how... Um, how like Alex Gray was taking it more funny, you know, to keep it funny. And then even he, if he if was stressed, he was always making a joke on the boat when we were heading surfing big wave. And I just, we surfed big wave for like three weeks straight in Morocco. It was nonstop swell. And I was like, wow, I'm with the best guy and I'm taking wave with them. And they like, they, they, they let me a big board. They, they give me a big board and stuff, you know, and they keep in touch with me and Hilly was like, if you come to Hawaii, you can stay with me. And Greg was like, if you need anything in Cali. And I went to Mexico and I needed some help and he helped me out. And I was like, whoa, if those people are helping me, I know they're nice, but it's probably that I have a chance to do something, you know? And, uh, and then May- You saw the opportunity there. Yeah. yeah. And May 2015, Hilly got the biggest one in Puerto, but I got a, a wave too and almost drowned. And then I was like, this is what I wanted. I wanted to have a big wave out in big wave to see, you know, to have it. And this was another step. Okay, I'm on one of the big wave, biggest session ever in Puerto and I ate the biggest one on the head. My vest exploded, my Patagonia filled up with water. I almost drowned. There's Healy and Garrett crying almost on the beach and, and Tom Lowe running and they couldn't do stop, like anything for me. And I handled it, you know. And the next day, I went back out and I got a big one and I fell again. You went back the next day? The next day without vest. Hold on a second there. How did you manage that? How did you handle um, uh, that fear? This is very important for uh, the honest, people. To be honest, I didn't realize I almost drowned. You didn't realize that? No. I didn't realize because I was like, I had this training 
yeah. apnea training just before in I September 2014 here. Well, let's talk about that, like yeah. all the trainings that you have been going through. I think you also mentioned to me once that you have been doing some mental training as well with somebody from Middle East or yes. something like that. Yeah. Uh, from, he lives on the middle, in the Middle East, Scott Stevenson, but he's a uh, British. Mm -hmm. And he just came to, to you know, to, to do a little uh, ambulant, like a... Uh, yeah, a check, you know, like he... A check, and yeah. we just, he did his thing, and at the end he's like, well, I've been with some like great tennis man and you're in the same state of mind that those guys after I checked them mm. but before what did he so, teach you uh nothing mm. nothing that I didn't know mm. he was just I was just telling saying telling him how I was uh, preparing myself mentally and how I see life and how I see things and he's like yeah 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 like Good, good, good. Yeah. Check, check, check. Yeah, because I'm not, I'm like, my, my mom is a life coach, you know, and she's like a psychologist and she read all the books. Like, she, she's like a psychologist. She read all the books since I'm a kid and she's a life coach. But I think she always gave me that, that self-confidence that I have mm -hmm. and it gave me a lot of love. So I was always like very mature for my age. Besides that, I could like read people too and see like, all, you know, like also how, how I, I don't, um, she just, I think it comes from my mom, you know, and and and, and I always been like, always been like psychologist, like this is sorry, but this is like weird and this is bullshit, you know, like mm. I don't want to talk with the random. I always been like that. I don't want to talk mm. with the random. Now that I'm more mature, I understand when people go there because there is there's things that you better talk with some random, you know. Mm. But I always been like blah blah blah, and my mom was laughing because she was my psychologist actually, <laughs> you know, probably, yeah. and uh, my life coach, you know. So so. It's uh, nice. I always been like. Um, so do you, when you when you've been doing your training, you said so you did apnea training, holding breath. Then yeah, that yeah. was in in Scott Stevenson. I saw him in July 2015, but in uh. September 2014, I did a training with the Dwayne Dwayne Fizimons from the Gold Coast here in Bali for two weeks, and then uh, it helped me a lot because he helped me to see that uh, when you think you don't have any more power underwater with no air, you still have a little bit. And that's what saved me in May 2015, when I almost drowned. In Mexico. Yeah. Mm. And I was thinking about that the whole time. I was like, oh, you still have some. And I was just making it, making it out before every wave, one breath. Mm. And then I remember telling Coco Nogales, who was the only guy with the ski, that I was like, two waves and I'm gone. I'm going to pass out, like, or I'm going to drink water. And he got me just before and took me out and the ski broke down. And then it was super gnarly. And then he, it was like, da, 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 da. the ski was just like working a little bit and he put me in the harbor. He, I jumped from the ski in the harbor and I almost drowned with no wave in like, in like one foot, like, cause yeah. I could, I have no power. No energy anymore. No yeah. energy, no more like, I was like very like mm. low on power. <laughs> and so yeah, I follow, I follow what you, your stories right before your contest and, and not contest, like, I mean like the, the events that you go to. I see you training a lot of um, conditioning, cardio, strength. Can you yeah. tell us about that um, a little bit? Yeah, last year, I've, I, for the last two years, I've been doing CrossFit a lot. Mm. So I'm from like October to like April. Where do you do I that? Just, uh, I do CrossFit, for example, because... Um, I mean, I, where? Not, not oh, I, do, I do it in Agadir. Uh -huh. And uh, so I do CrossFit in Agadir. That's and, your home base, right? Yeah, uh. there's, there, was, uh, there were a box there. A CrossFit box, and uh, I always trained, you know, because I was in boarding school with a French team, so I knew that that training was important. I was like having twice a week, like physical mm -hmm. training. And uh, I saw Shane Dorian doing this through social media. I was like, whoa, Shane is doing CrossFit. There's a CrossFit box, let's try. 
and I tried and I was like, I enjoyed it. And then I became almost addicted to it. I was like, oh, this is very good. And then if I don't train doing CrossFit for a long time, I just feel like I'm not ready to surf big waves. So it became like, okay, this is what I need to be confident. And then I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but at the same time, it's a good thing, I'm sure, because it makes me healthy. And then I'm sure that, that when you're healthy, your mind is healthier and you can... For sure, it's all interconnected. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I just, I was, I stick to that for a few, for two years, three years, and now I changed it. I just do three times a week because I'm a surfer, I'm not a CrossFit man. Yeah, you know, yeah. And I, I just think that it's very hard on the body. So I just do a lot of like musculation and like three times a week and three times a week, like just CrossFit. And I don't surf as much as I should, you know, in Morocco. I just try to train and go on swell and be ready every time it's, it's, it's big. So it just become a part of my life, like, to train. And, and then I remember, like, I was ta- seeing all those guys sharing the things on social media about their training, and I never done it before. And, and people was like, why? Because like, people don't need to know what I'm doing to be ready when it's big. They just want to see, they just, my sponsor, they just need to see me. And the people, when it's big, getting the bomb. They don't need to know what's behind. And it was, I always been thinking like that, like no matter how you reach your goal, it's your thing. If you wanna, if you wanna work from eight to six, Monday to Wednesday, because you have something to give on Friday, or you wanna do it Thursday night, that's your fucking problem. But you have to, you know, you just have to do it, and you, you have to, to, to give like to the people what they want, or your sponsors, or your bosses, or yourself, you know? So then it became different when I started to have like really sponsor and I had to promote a lifestyle and I was like whoa you know what people are always asking me how do that and I was tired of answering them so I was like okay like if I do this on social media they won't they won't ask me anymore you know they'll see like my preparation and they, they'll see it you know and then well, did it add value for you to do that was it good to do it to be more public about your trainings what are you doing no and I didn't care you didn't care much no I didn't care mm. I, I, I can like and, uh, I enjoy social media but at the same time I don't I, like I it's have not to necessary be, no it's because I have to do it yeah I see. you know but what about mental training do you do visualization regularly some yeah, sort of I don't know, meditation or something like that I, I used to do visualiz- visualization every night for like since 14 to like 24 yeah. and the last two years I've been just choosing like just like kind of sometimes I feel like right now in Bali I'm, I'm here for a week to see my girlfriend yeah. and I haven't done it I'm just like you know I just flew from Nazareth to here yeah. and I just had a 60 foot breaking on my face like five days ago oh yeah I saw the footage yes I was amazing actually <laughs> <laughs> I got pounded and yeah you are uh, now on the WSL uh Big wave challenge, yeah. something right? Uh, like in the video you shared with me. Tell, tell me about that. Uh, I just got nominated like <laughs> for uh, in a ride of the year mm. on a big one towing mm. in. Mm-hmm. I was super happy, you know. I'd say on the big one because uh, when you tow, you don't know what you're going into. And then I also got pa- uh, nominated for paddling wave in Nazareth. So I think it's going to help me to get in the contest next year, probably for the Nazareth challenge. And then I'll have my, you know, that was my goal for like three years, four years to be on the big wave tour. Mm. And I'm like, you know, almost reaching it, and I'm all, I'm close to it, and it just make me want to work harder, you know, instead of like waiting and be like, I just want more and more and more and more and more to make sure so to don't let anyone the choice, but mm. to put me in this contest and to get the spot I I will deserve, because I don't say I deserve. When I see, when as I see everyone on the list, I'm like, who I'm gonna take the spot of? 
even though I can't, I can't say who, because mm. there's guys in the country that don't never paddle there. Mm. No, I don't, I don't care. I'm doing my thing. When my time will come, it will come, and I'll do good. You don't need to force things in big wave surfing. Big wave surfing is like a marathon. It's not a race. Mm. You know, the, the more older you get, the more experience, and experience is priceless. And, you know, I learn every session something. And now I go there thinking I don't know shit. When I was 20, I, I went there knowing, telling I know everything. Now it all changed, and I think it's just maturity is natural for the human being, especially men, to start to be mature at 25. Like, I still don't know myself now. I think I'll know it maybe a little more in 10 years, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> when we're 20, we have a totally different dialogue, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> totally different, you know, but it's good to, to realize that and to, to, to speak about it, you know. It's good to say, yeah, I was a little shit, you know. And, yeah. uh, and I've always been respectful, I think, and very nice to everyone because this is how I like and this is how I want to be remembered as a polite and nice guy and funny person. And you know everyone, like every single person that I go on Instagram and I like or follow or something, I see followed by Ottoman Shufani or liked by Ottoman Shufani. So yeah. How do you do that? Like, you're quite a social person and I believe also you travel everywhere so you meet people from all places. Yeah, you know I try to give time to people. So when people, I'm like, hey, how, how are you doing? And they answer me. You know, I listen to them. Mm. And I think that people see this, and I was, uh, I'm interested into people when I, I think the, the, the best thing in the world is people, you know? I feel so rich knowing people and with different cultures and having friends all around the world is what I live for. I love to go and stay with the boys from there. I'm just like, okay, this is how they live. Um, in Morocco, we didn't live like that. So when you go to Tahiti, it's different. Mm -hmm. Like the boys, they, they go fish at a young age and do sashimi after the session. And then they don't have a car, they have skis because, you know, they like... And then I think that this makes me realize that the world is a beautiful place. And then, you know, you get richer by knowing the people and knowing the culture of this world, because this is our world, this is planet Earth, this is our home, the whole world. Like, I don't feel like I'm coming from this place or this place, or I just grew up there, so it makes me who I am. But I have so much more to get by going in outside of my comfort zone, you know? And social media is good for that, but it's, it's true that, like, people always telling me, like, I like everything, and, like, I'm followed by some, like, they say, oh, how do you know this person, or how? Yeah, like, that's yeah, what I was I just at the airport <laughs> in L.A., and then she looked at me, she's like, oh, are you from Morocco? I was like, yeah, oh, I'm a friend of this, and I saw you, and I was like, oh, and then I socialized with, with, with her or him, and then uh, I just... Uh, how many trips do you have per year? Oh, I went to Nazareth five times this winter, and I, I would usually go to Mexico once, and Tahiti once every two years, and, and Jaws. Indo, and then Jaws Mavericks one or twice a winter. So okay. about 10 trips. So you basically, like, on average, one time a month you're somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So what do you do in between? Okay, there's training, of course. There is, you mentioned girlfriend, by the way, right? Like, it's a new girlfriend. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah. So, yeah, for, for, like, four years I was fully single. And I was like, yeah, I don't want, I don't want a girlfriend because... Uh, don't want a relationship. The reason I didn't want a girlfriend is simple. Is that a girlfriend or somebody, or a boyfriend, like, for a girl or, like, whatever, I'm open-minded about that is something you can't control. The feeling of someone is something you can't control. When you're feeling something, you control. So I was like, imagine if like I'm going to Mavs, for example, and it's my girlfriend's birthday. I, w I would never, ever like miss a swell for anyone's birthday. Or if I don't care, because this is what makes me happy, it's what I live for. 
And then imagine going on a plane knowing that the person you love is feeling bad because you're going and then it's going to go through your mind. And then I was like, yeah, I want to protect myself from that, you know. But then everybody was like, my dad, my friend was like, yeah, he's going to come to you and you, you, you won't see it coming. And this is what happened. And I was like, yeah, but I know it will happen. And, but I don't know when, of course. <laughs> and the thing is that, like, I'm, like she really understands what I'm doing. And Supportive. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it's a new thing. And my, 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 you know, like once again, I thought I knew everything. I don't know shit. Cause now I'm like in love and I'm just like, yeah, this is sick. You know, mm. when like two months ago, I, ha- I would never say that. <laughs> you never <laughs> hear me say that, you know? Oh, nice man. Congratulations. Then. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so you traveling a lot, you have a girlfriend. So what else you do in between? Like you, who are you outside of contests? Who are you outside of the surfing? Like, Do you think surfing is your identity or you have another identity or um for most people like I'm the for most people I'll hate when they say that but I'm cra- I'm a crazy big wave surfer you mm. know but for my close friend I'm 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 just a good friend to talk with and and have fun with mm. and to ask advice sometimes about life because I have, I, I've, I've been like, I'm, I'm only child, so I don't have brother and sister, but so my friend, my close friend, they're like brothers or sister to me, you know? And uh, I'm just like a friend that they can like call when they, they, they don't feel good because I can, I'm good at giving advice and I'm talking to people and I'm very bad at applying them myself. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, I'm just, and at the same time, yeah, I'm. A, I'm a guy who loves to have fun. That's, yeah. And to party and to enjoy life and to you make most of life and live it to the fullest. And it, it's connected to big wave surfing as well because I'm pushing myself very hard. Mm. Uh, surfing these waves is something that I know it's not normal, but what is normal? What you know? is the norm, right? What is the norm? Mm. There's no norm. Like mm. the, when people they tell me you're crazy, I'm like, yeah, tell, tell me what's normal then. And, I, and then I'll tell you if I'm crazy or not. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but yeah, I, I think, I think like if you go through my social media and you can very, it's me, like it's between big wave, having fun and some, some words and giving props to the people who deserve it always. And yeah, you, you, I try to be like what you see on my, on my Instagram and stuff, all the jokes is what, is what I am, you know? So I'm, I'm, it's I'm quite not, genuine, yeah, right? it's, it's, I'm not very different from it, but people are different. You have to make the difference through social media, you know, mm-hmm. and people, they always sometimes like, it's not authentic, right? Yeah. There. But the mm-hmm. thing is that it's like people are saying, yeah, uh, I met this guy on a, on a social, uh, his social, my, one of my friends, his social media is so lame. Like he's always like contracting and showing his abs and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but this is what you have to be smart enough to see that there's a difference, you know? People are awesome, but they're doing this on social media because it's different and you have to accept the difference, you know? You have to accept it that uh, this guy can be this on your, on your phone screen and this in real life. And what counts is real life, you know? So I'm really the same as my thing, you know? That's what I do. I'm not Photoshopping my surfing photo and, and uh, I'm, I, I like to make jokes and, and give shit to people mm. like for fun, but... Mm. But uh, I, I realized that uh, there's a difference and For I was sure. trying to, to tell people this. And um, 
Yeah, for sure. And then I always try to see the goods in everything. Mm. Look, mm. before social media, people's like, yeah, social media, blah, blah, always complaining, but they're all using it. Okay, before back in the day, if you wanted to make a career in music, huh, you, 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 you had to know this guy from the studio or fucking lick this guy's feet to get to your job, you know? to the point you want. Now, you take a guitar, you sing, you put it on YouTube. If you're a good man, you can, you can get famous and, and people will, will get famous in terms of your musical stuff. I'm not taking about like, and people will hear your music. So social media is good. You just have to Instagram. It's a little bit the same, right? If you show real content, if yeah. you show real stuff. If you're smart and, and uh, if you... Uh, you self-promote yourself. You don't yes. need to have linking link to link somebody's yeah. so people. Yeah, so I, I, see, I see this as, as good. Everything has a good part and a bad part, but I always try to see the good part of it, because mm. we won't, for example, I'm talking a lot about social media, but we, it won't go away, you know? So you have to accept it's it. It's just gonna get worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's just gonna be, be a part of it. Okay, let's, uh, let's look a little bit back again, uh, just go back quickly to um, how you created everything. Like, like now today, we are in Bali, we're talking about the past, we're talking about uh, where you are at today. If we want to summarize a little bit and have it like condensed, packed advice for <clears throat> young athletes, it can be in tennis, it can be in soccer, it can be yeah. anything. What would be the, the key points that they should not miss to get to where they are at? Um, to do, get to the next level, for example. Doing, they should, um, doing it for themselves, <laughs> first of all, and believe in their dream. <clears throat> so if it, if it doesn't work, they have no regret. They will have no problem. But if they didn't go as big as they should because of some people or because whatever reason, they will have regret and they'll have issues in their life, I think. So it's very important to, for me to just try your best and see what happens. So take out the pressure, but still do your best, you know? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a hard thing to, to, to find, but I, always, I never wanted to have regrets in my life, never. And I, I have like a couple regrets, it's the wave I missed. <laughs> Or, but that's it, you know. That how to take out the pressure? What's your best advice on taking out the pressure? What, how would you do it for yourself to take out the pressure when the pressure is there? Of, is it like, do you talk yourself out of it? What do you do? Yeah, I'm just like, uh, so before a big wave session, you'll see me, I'm just like uh, laughing. Laughing and, and uh, you know, the, the work has been done before. And uh, it's not now that I will train, it's not an hour before. So I know that the work has been done and I was just like, okay, let's just like take the pressure by, maybe I'm just laughing and having fun and then making jokes and talking a lot, you know, and being super, like just letting every emotion goes. I don't think about what they're gonna think about me or what, they, this, what should I say, or there's a camera there. I'm just like me, just like, okay, now I, my, 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 my material is ready, my boards are ready. I'm just gonna serve big wave and then I'm gonna do what I love the most. So I'm just gonna, it's just being me, you know, like just. It sounds like you have a, a, a ritual, like mm. yeah, checking your equipment, uh, yeah. preparing yourself way before, of course, all these weeks or something of training. Yeah. And then just right before getting in the water, you take out the pressure by, by being optimistic, by being funny, by talking, right? Okay, that's, that's a good process. Like, yeah, sometimes I recommend that to my clients. Tell them, okay, you need to have your ritual. Like Rafael yeah, Nadal, he has his own ritual, you know, like he's a little bit OCD, yeah. doing this in his nose and taking his Me, socks. I'm like, I, I prepare my material the night before. I check on everything the night before because mm -hmm. this is what I saw Why right the night wrong. before, not in the morning? Because 
because in the morning, it, it, you are tried in the morning mm. and you get late. It's mm. always something happens. So I've seen Greg Long preparing himself the night before, and I know he's the best. And I think for it's for a good reason they do it in the night before. Yeah. Because you minimize decisions in the morning. Yeah. In the morning, you just want to wake up. What I do fresh. in the morning in Nazaria, I woke up at six. Uh. I put my wetsuit on, <laughs> up. Put my car in my in the back, uh, put my board in my car, and they always know me as the guy who put the board and let it's a ten four, you know. So I can I can huge put, yeah it's a huge. So I have the back of my 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 uh, have the trunk open, so huh. they know it's me coming to the harbor. Up, I put my favorite music like Linkin Park, just my favorite music to get motivated of like Pennywise or some like hard rock, and I'm with my suit hoodie on, and this is you know it's it's game day, you know it's boom, it's here, we gotta go. And I just have my material ready, so I have nothing else to do. Just put on my wetsuit and go. Nice, nice. So that's, 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 that's your my, process. My routine, yeah. That's your process. Very good. And I just want to stay hydrated and just I eat a banana sometimes. But yeah. do you I, think anyone can can get and become a um, high level athlete if they want to? Because you mentioned something before about talent. Uh, kids were more talented. What do you think about talent versus hard work? Uh, fuck, talent sucks. <laughs> you can be the most talented guy if you don't work hard. You're fucked now. For, to good. be honest, you're yeah. fucked, man. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen guys that were not talented, man, but they were the hard worker. And I've seen guys that were talented, but they were lazy because talent makes you lazy. To be honest, so I'd rather be a hard worker than talented kid. Seriously, uh, hard work always win. Always, 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 always win. Very nice. Very nice. All right, we're getting close to this one, and it has been a big pleasure. I just want to ask you a couple of more questions. What, what's coming up for you? So for people that are listening to be able to follow whatever is coming up next, like, is there a big contest coming or an adventure maybe that you're going to be going uh, to? Yeah, I want to thank those people who will listen because uh -huh. like, I feel really honored to be listened to by people. Like It feels very special, and I, I hope they enjoy what I say. Oh, for sure, there's a lot of you know, now they're going to be like, whoa, what does I say? <laughs> like, you know, like there's this little like thing, but uh, to, I'm going back to Morocco on Saturday or on Sunday. I might change my ticket, but to make a surprise to my girlfriend, to stay, stay one more day with her. So Why are you in Bali, by the way? Are you here for to prepare for something? No, or no, just no, I'm, just here, I'm just here to, to, to see my girlfriend for a week because I, 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 I did good in Nazare. I could take a week off. I have my, one of my best friends, Ty's birthday today so it was a good time to come and i was like okay still the season is still not over so i'm just gonna go to nazare and uh, go to bali and train and then go home this weekend and then as soon as there is nazare so i'll go back there until the end of the season and then i'll figure it out maybe i'll get the biggest of the year it's not done yet you know but my goal is to have another big wave towing in and not big wave paddling What's coming up for you for the next couple of years? Like, what, what is all this going to? What, what do you want? I want to be on the big wave tour, mm. and I want to be big wave tour world champ. I want to be world champ. There you go. That's clear and precise and very well articulated. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know, it's like I don't think it's impossible because nothing is impossible, uh -huh. and I just think that I should. I just have to work harder and yeah. harder and harder and harder, yeah. and I'll reach my goal. And now, I just find start to find my balance a little more. And I'm just ready to, 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 you know, put my head down and work as hard as I can for the whole year. Because usually I train and I come here for three months and I just surf and I get caught in the party and the parties and I go back in September and it's a whole new start. So this year I just want to be full on 
and I'm sure it will work, but I'll see how it works. But of course, when you work hard, you, you know, I had it. I ha I, it happened to me, I've seen it. When I work hard, it pays off you see results. all the time. So when you see results, you're like, okay, so what, 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 why should I, I stop working hard if yeah. I want to reach my goal? And as I said, I don't want any regret. So now I realize that, whoa, you know, the train is here. I'm on the train, but I can't miss it easily. You know, I, I like to think that I'm, I'm, I like to think that I'm bad. You know, I like to think that I'm, I'm not there at all. But then I've seen things like I got nominated, everyone is happy, but for me it's nothing. I'm not happy with this. Yeah. I don't get like satisfied by this. I'll, I'll, get, I'll never get satisfied. This <laughs> made me think of two more questions. Sorry to hold you back a little bit longer. So what is it that, what, no do, you, what do you struggle with when it comes to like the, the personal challenges? Like you say like you need to work harder and harder and harder. Does it mean like you struggle from, I don't know, Procrastination, for example, or what is the struggle? Uh, Discipline, the, something like that? Or? Um, no, it's, it's just that I'm alone in Morocco doing this. Yeah. There's nobody that understands what I'm doing. Yeah. There's no one to, to coach me, pretty much. I have to be my own coach mentally, my own physical coach. Luckily, I grew up in France in boarding school with a French team, so I had a good ba you know, base, and I could, um, really took from this. But then you grow, and then there's like... All the all the things that comes with life, you know, the the financial pressure, the love, the all the stuff. So it's just finding my balance, but my real balance. Because before my balance was six months training, six months not training, and I think that, and I knew it was it was it's not what we call balance, you know. So yeah, just trying to 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 find this real balance and being peace with myself, you know, because when I know that when, I, when I'm partying, sometimes I, I don't even enjoy it. I know that, fuck, no, but in one month I got to train again and then there's Nazareth season coming and then, you know, so I don't want to go in this state of mind. I just want to, you know. Consistent. Consistency, yeah. yeah. And the last question was, what would happen and how would you feel if you reached this goal of being in the big tour? Why, why would you want to do that? Mm, there's two reasons. There's the reason because... All my, my friends are there and I know my, my, I have my place there between them, I know. And second of all, for make my country proud, you know, like that would be sick for the, the kids who want to who wanna be pro surfing in Morocco. It'll, it'll help them if you have Ramsey on the city and I'm on the big wave tour. Fuck, there's two kids from this small town in Morocco that are the top level of surfing, you know, in both category. That that'll be awesome, like fucking sick. You know? That's that's really really awesome. That's mm -hmm. really good. Like, I think we should end on this note because this is really nice. And um, uh, thank you so much again for making time for this. Thanks for we having me. We try to connect. I think for five times, six times, every time something happening, both from our side. So yeah, I will definitely share um, some links from whatever things you want me to share, like your Instagram, obviously, for people to follow mm -hmm. you. Also, uh, from some people that you have mentioned that you would like people to get to know, like maybe Ramsey or whoever people yeah. that you trained with. And yes, also the video. Can I share the video you sent me the other day also? Of course. Sure. Excellent. Of course. Thanks All right. a lot for having me. I hope I can inspire people to do their best and reach their goal and live their dream life. For sure they would do. <laughs> and nothing but love. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you.